Thanks for joining us for Welcome New Life's Sermon of the Week, where it's all good news. To stay up to date on all of our weekly services and events, please visit us at wnla.church. Please enjoy this week's sermon. We hope it encourages you. I know Christmas is packed full of traditions, but and I love traditions. Listen, we throw a Christmas tree up. You know, we do all these wonderful Christmas traditions. But it, it, maybe you don't understand that this is the this is real. Like, it's, it's like if we throw the tree away, who cares? The real thing is Jesus came and rose again. He, he, he died for us. This is so real. It demands a response. And, and somehow, in our response, it, it blesses us and glorifies God. And leads us to paths of righteousness. And leads us from glory to glory and blesses us. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But Isaiah 9 says this, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government, there will be, and of his peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. I'm, I have to speed up to get through all the great things we're going to go through today. Last week we, we focused on Jesus as our wonderful counselor, right? I want you to show my, my meme one more time. This is, uh, this is me looking for something in the fridge. Listen, God's counsel, when I yoke myself with Jesus and obey what he tells me to do, it doesn't always make sense here, but it results in... <sighs> That's what wonder is. He's wonderful. His counsel to you is wonderful. And that's what we focused on last week. But this week, what a mighty God we serve. We just tasted of his might this morning. In this very special time of worship. This, this today is going to be a little bit different than normal. Because I am going to give you a blitzkrieg. I'm not even sure if that's the right word. But we are going, we are going to shotgun all the miracles documented in Scripture by Jesus Christ. And, and then, and, and we won't even cover all of them, I'm sure. But here's the deal. This prophecy given to Isaiah... I believe it was more than just peeking out a baby in a manger, which we like to do at Christmas. But he saw Jesus for who he was. And I don't know if he was like, boom, boom. He's seen all these things Jesus did. And he's like, he's a wonderful counselor. He's a mighty God. Like, <laughs> his might is unending. His might is, is without, without description. I believe he saw when he peeked in to the time of Jesus and to this day. The might of God through Christ Jesus, through the name of Jesus, and was overwhelmed. And that's part of the power of this prophecy. So today, the, th the next thing Jesus is famous for is being a mighty God. 
All right? So buckle your seatbelts. I will have... I will have the scripture reference on on there if you want to start taking notes. But I am going to highlight Cliff Notes' version of the miracles of Christ documented in the Gospels. And this isn't including Acts. This isn't including all the other miracles of the scripture. Just the the Gospels. Number one, John 2, 1 through 11. He changed water into wine. Why that was his first miracle seems crazy to me other than he was bringing the new wine of the new covenant. And here's the thing. I can't describe all of these. He's at the, this is his first documented miracle in Scripture. He's at a wedding banquet, and, they say, and his mom comes to him. He's like, hey, Jesus, they've run out of wine. All that's left is water. And Jesus says, woman, why do you involve me in this? He's like, I'm not, I'm not, we're not quite ready for this. And he's like, oh, yeah, I will submit and obey my mother. And they bring him all this water, and he turns it into wine. This is his first documented miracle. And, and, and I, I was reading the background of this, and they say if it were put into a quantity, it would probably be the equivalent of about 1,000 bottles of wine for a wedding. Why did he do so much? Because he wanted to demonstrate that the, new, the kingdom of abundance had come. He's overwhelmingly good. He wasn't just going to do, okay, how much? Do you only want five? That's good. That should take care of it. Here's a thousand. And it was the best stuff. All right, we got to keep moving on. Next up, Jesus cures the nobleman's son. Uh, This nobleman comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, my son is sick. He's going to die. And Jesus says, he'll live. And he's healed at that moment. Later he goes on and he find, and he's like, what time did he get healed? That was the very time Jesus said it. Right? There we go. Now, next up, the great hall of fishes. This is where he's first calling his disciples out. He's on the shores of the Galilee. They've been fishing all day. They come in. They've got nothing. And he says, hey, how much fish do you got? And they're like, oh, not, not many. He's like, go out to the deep and throw your nets again. And they're like, listen, you, we, we've been doing this all day. We're professionals. You're a carpenter. He's like, do it. And they do it, and they haul in so much fish that their boats start to sink. Amen. Abundance. Next up, Jesus casts out a demon, an unclean spirit. He's in church. He's in a synagogue. And, and this, this uh, unclean spirit begins to manifest, and he casts it out. And this person screams. It's crazy. Next up, Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law. This one cracks me up because uh, Peter's like, hey, my mom's sick. You know, otherwise we could go hang at my house. He's like, don't worry. <laughs> Jesus heals it. And the Bible literally says, she began to wait on them. <laughs> I love that. I'm not going to explain all of these, but it's just great. Next up, he heals a leper. The leper says, son of David, if you are willing, heal me. And he says, I'm willing. Boom. Leprosy gone. Next up, the centurion's servant. This isn't even a Jewish person. This is a Roman soldier. And he comes, laying his whole reputation down, and, and, and asks, he says, Jesus, my servant is sick and is going to die. And Jesus is like, okay, I'll follow you. And he's like, no, no, no. All you have to do is say the word. I'm a man under authority. I know how to give orders. If you give the order, that per- my servant will be, will be healed. And Jesus is like, wow. He was impressed by his faith. Boom, heals him. Next up. 
Jesus raises the widow's son from the dead. Listen, we could preach sermons on all of these things. Jesus is walking out, and there is a funeral procession. Literally, this widow's, she's a widow. She has no husband. This is her, this is her son, and the, the pallbearers are carrying the coffin. And it says, Jesus was filled with compassion. And he says, he goes and he puts his hand on the coffin. Imagine this. He puts his hand on the coffin in the middle of the funeral procession. Everybody is, is, is all somber. And he's like, he's like, he's like, he says this. He says, uh, he says, son, get up. And he's, he actually sits up in the coffin. The pallbearers are probably like, what's going on? He's healed and restored to his mother. Next up. Jesus calms the storm. He's got his 12, he's got his, his crack team now and they're in the boat and, and the storm comes up and they're like, Jesus, we're going to die. And he's like, you have little faith. And he rebukes the storm and boom, the waves stop. Next up, <laughs> Jesus cures two demoniacs. This is, this is right after he just calms the storm. They get off on the other side and this is a place that nobody went anymore because there was these demoniacs there that would attack you and beat you and you would, you would be killed. So he gets there and they, I think the disciples knew where they were but Jesus gets out and he, uh, he, he casts these demons into pigs. They run into the water and die. And it freaks everybody out over there. All right, next up. Jesus cures the paralytic. Okay? These people bring, bring Jesus a guy who was paralyzed. Couldn't walk. They lower him in. And what does Jesus say? Your sins are forgiven. He doesn't heal him straight away. He tells him, hey, you know what you just did was a sin kind of barging in like this. Your sins are forgiven. And this offends the people of that day, they're like, what? Who gave you the right to forgive sins? And Jesus says, to show you that the Son of Man has the right to forgive th- give sins, he can do more than this. He's like, be healed. Take up your mat and walk. And the paralytic goes, whoop. Sometimes miracles are offensive. A lot of times miracles are offensive unless they happen to you. Have you ever struggled with that? Honestly. Well, they got a miracle, and I'm offended. You're not alone. It's easy to be offended at other people's miracles. Faith says, no, no, praise the Lord for that. All right, let's move on. Next up, Jesus raises the synagogue ruler's from, uh, daughter from the dead. Now listen, you've got to understand the background of this one, too. Because this is the synagogue ruler. Jesus was now on, on the outs. He wasn't allowed. He was, he was being kicked out of the synagogues. And yet the synagogue ruler, his daughter dies, and he throws his entire reputation. There's no greater honor than being the leader of the synagogue. And yet his daughter dies, and he goes and finds Jesus, and he throws himself down at his feet. He says, Jesus, my daughter, my daughter uh, is, is dead. He knew who Jesus was. Jesus is like, okay, I'll, I'll come with you, okay? This is the one he went with. The Roman soldier, he's like, no, you don't even need to come. Just say the word. The synagogue ruler is like, yes, come with me. So they go. They start heading on their way. Next miracle, this woman with an issue of blood, she had been bleeding for, was it 12 years? She crawls through the crowd and just touches the hem of his garment. And Jesus says, who touched me? And she was immediately healed. So then they move on, and he goes and he raises the synagogue ruler's daughter from the dead. There's number two raised from the dead. On his way out, 
There are two blind men and they shout, Son of David, have mercy on us. And he looks at them and he says, Do you believe I can open your eyes? And they said, Yes. And he opens their eyes. Next up, Jesus looses the tongue of a man who could not speak. Now the scripture specifically says this was a demon that had kept this man mute. And Jesus drove it out and the man could speak again. Next up, Jesus heals. Listen, we're about halfway through. I told you this is a little different than me just shot, I'm shotgunning you here. Next up, he goes to the pool of Bethesda and there was a man who had been crippled. And he says to him, do you want to get well? He's like, I would love to, but every time the angels stir the water, I can't get, it, get there first. And Jesus says, take up your mat. And the man's immediately healed. Next up, Jesus goes in, uh, on the Sabbath. Now he knows what he's doing. The, the, the Pharisees, they believed that it was wrong to do any work on the Sabbath. And there was a man with a shriveled hand. And Jesus asks the Pharisees a question. He says, is it wrong to heal on the Sabbath? I'm like, well, of course it is. And then Jesus says to the man, stretch out your hand. And he's completely healed. I just want you to understand one thing. Jesus is not trying to not offend you. This is a side note. We live in a culture where offense is our top thing. Jesus walked around offending everybody. And many times purposefully. Because it takes offense sometimes for us to jolt out. When I'm offended at Jesus, it's because I'm out of line. And that should be a warning to me. If the scripture offends me, great. I need to change. All right, we need to move on. Okay, next up. Jesus cures another demon-possessed man. He's blind and mute. And the Pharisees, he casts out the demon. They're like, well, it must be by the prince of demons that he's casting these out. And Jesus says, it's no kingdom divided against itself can stand. It's only by God that can, that can be cast out. All right, move on. Next up, he feeds 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. And there's so much left over. Yes. Next up, Jesus heals a, a woman's daughter, a Canaanite. This was not an Israelite. This was not a Hebrew person. She, she comes to him and she's like, my, my daughter, she, need, she needs healing. And he's like, I have to go to the people of Israel first. And she says this, but even dogs can eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And he looks at her and he says, I have not seen so much faith in all of Israel. Your daughter's healed. Boom. Okay, let's keep going. Yes. Next up. Jesus cured a deaf and mute man. And this one's so much fun because he spits and sticks his fingers in the guy's ear this time. I can hear! Listen, if you're deaf and someone does this and you can hear, you're not offended anymore. But if you do this with someone and then they don't hear, they're like, you're a crazy, all right? Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't want to miss any of these. All right, he deals the death of the human. All right, next up. Now he, this is, he feeds another, but this time only 4,000. Doesn't want to be too impressive. And that's just the men, right? This isn't counting the women and children. So he feeds another, another 4,000 people, this time with seven loaves and three fish. All right, this is good. Next, he uh, opens the eyes of a blind man. And this is another one of my favorites because, because this shows you that just because I pray for you once and you don't get healed doesn't mean you stop praying. Because even Jesus took a second shot at it. 
Let me explain. In this one, this guy comes, he's a blind man, and Jesus prays for him, and he says, what do you see? And he's like, well, I kind of see like, things like shapes like trees moving around. He's like, well, let's do this again. So he prays a second time. Listen, you keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. We, we pray and petition with thanksgiving. We keep pressing in. We're not quitters. Amen? If Jesus prayed twice, boy, you could pray ten times at least, all right? All right, let's keep moving on. Jesus cured a boy who was plagued by a demon. This kid would throw himself into the fire, and, the, and his dad's like, Jesus, help. Jesus heals him. Next up, Jesus heals another man who was born blind. And in this instance, we get a very, speci- a very special thing because uh, his disciples ask him, who sinned that made this kid born blind? Right? Oftentimes, we were like, well, what, what did I do wrong that I would deserve this? Right? And don't get me wrong, there's some sickness can certainly be caused by sin, all right? I'm not excluding that. But Jesus is being very specific. He says, nobody sinned in this instance. It was to show the glory of God. This is what he tells his disciples. Then he heals that, that, uh, that person born blind, completely seeing again. There's another one. This woman who had been afflicted and crippled for 18 years, Jesus says to, says to him, woman, says to her, woman, you are free. Again, back to Sabbath concerns on there. They were upset about that. Next up, Jesus cures. Are you tired of this yet? I got, I got more. Jesus cures a man of dropsy. This is a swelling. And it's again on the Sabbath and silences everybody. Next up, Je- Jesus clean, cleanses 10 leopards and only one comes back and thanks him. And it's a Samaritan. Next up, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. And on this one, he was sick, and, then, and he took his jolly well time to get to where Lazarus was. So much so that he died, and Lazarus' sister got mad at Jesus, like, if only you'd been here. Jesus goes and, has, and says, Jesus wept over him, and says, Lazarus, come forth. Boom, he comes out stinky and all. Praise the Lord. Next up, Je- Jesus opens the eyes of two men born blind. They yell, Son of David, have mercy on us. Next up, here's a, here's a creative one. Jesus is hungry, and he walks by a fig tree to go eat some fruit off of it. And he goes up, and there's no fruit, and he curses the tree, and it dies. It just withers and dies right there in front of him. And, and his disciples were in awe by it, and he's like, you're in awe of this? He's like, if you have faith, you'll not only do that, you will, do even, you will go and say to this mountain, be thrown into the sea, and it will obey you. <sighs> Next up. Jesus reattaches an ear that Peter chopped off, all right? Next up, Jesus rises from the dead. (laughs) That's kind of a big one, all right? Nobody prayed over him. No one laid hands on him. Jesus rose from the dead. Next up, the second great hall of fishes. That's right, he did it a second time. The disciples had gone back to the Galilee. They didn't know what to do. And, and Jesus stands on the shore and he's like, hey guys! And they weren't sure it was him. He's like, throw your nets on the other side. And again, there's so much fish, the boat's about to sink. And Peter's like, I'm, I, he dives in, I'm back. I gotta go to Jesus, all right? Okay, we could go, there's more. This doesn't talk about any prophetic words, any things he spoke, but, or appearing and reappearing and walking through walls, things like that after the resurrection. But John 21, 25 says this. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. 
<laughs> we just got a, just a brief sampling of what Jesus did. He did so much more than this. In fact, Matthew 15, 30 says, a vast crowd brought to him people who were lame, blind, crippled, and those who couldn't speak, and many others. They laid them before Jesus, and he healed them all. Jesus never turned somebody away. He healed them all. And this is just a slice of what he did during those three years. Some of us are like, well, that was, that's great. Why, why isn't he doing it now? Oh, he is. He, oh, my goodness. He is. I, I am overwhelmed by all the testimonies. You just start, start to read, start to ask people testimonies. I sat down, I went to the, the men's Bible study on Monday, and I'm like, hey, guys, just give me some of the things, the most wonderful things you've seen God do. And, and, and almost to the man, in tears, they start explaining what they've seen God do. Things springs from as far as I was, I, was in a, I was in a snowstorm. I was driving, and I felt his hands over me guiding the wheel. Or the literal Jesus take the wheel. There's four cars coming in a two-lane road, and they all pass miraculously without getting hit. One of the other men said, I was told I wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to have kids. And he went on to have 18 children. <laughs> Pain in the abdominals. There was, there was, there was a, a miraculous miracle that needed to happen. And through a prophetic word, someone said, what do you want me to do? And he wants to be healed. And fire from heaven came down and healed this person. One of them told me a story about somebody with spinal meningitis. Doctor said he would, they weren't going to make it. And even if he did, they would have to amputate the arms and the legs because they were so swollen and so, so, uh, so far gone. And they started to pray. And one week later, that person walked into the church, restored and healed. Folks, Jesus is still doing amazingly mighty miracles over and over. I could go on and on about the things I've experienced. I have had, listen, this, this may seem really, really small to you, but I had money literally appear in my bank account. And I'm like, where did that come from? We shouldn't be able to pay that this month. And there it was. Now, it was only like $200. And I tried to find out where it was. And I'm like, well, Lord, if you could do 200 Obviously, I was grateful. I, I believe I was visited by an angel after a car wreck. I've told you this story before, but I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm 17 years old. I'm all by myself, and, and I've just totaled my parents' minivan. And, I'm, and, and I've, we've blocked the entire road, both sides. And this old beat-up station wagon comes through. Cars couldn't get through there. It was blocked off. And an old lady steps out. And she gives me a hug, and she says, you just trust in Jesus now. And I start to weep. She gets back in the car, and she's gone. And I'm like, my angel would drive a station wagon. <laughs> right? Times I've been healed miraculously of, uh, of lots of things. Uh, I could go on and on about famous miracles throughout history. Just, just even do some research about, about the six-day war in Israel. They were showing up grossly outnumbered. 25 men took the goal on heights. They went in to take East Jerusalem, and the people had fled. 
I could go on and on. George Washington even. You read the miracles that surrounded him. He got home from battle four bullets through his coat. He wasn't, even, he wasn't harmed. His horse was shot up from under him. And he gave glory to the Lord. On and on and on. I think of Reinhard Bonnke, who just passed away. I, 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 was, I, read about, I was reading about what his life was. Over decades, he, spent, he poured his life out in, in the continent of Africa. And they say a conservative estimate is 79 million people came to know Jesus through his ministry. What a mighty God we serve. He is doing mighty, mighty things. Mighty, mighty things. He has, he is, and he will be. I have to read you this quote by Charles Spurgeon. He says this, when people hear about what God used to do, one of the things they say is, oh, that was a very long while ago. I thought it was God that did it. Has he changed? Is he not a mutable God, the same yesterday, today, and forever? Does not that furnish an argument to prove that what God has done at one time, he can do at another? Nay, I think I may push a little further and say what he has done once is a prophecy of what he intends to do again. Whatever God has done is to be looked upon as a precedent. If you go to court, they look for a precedent. Has has there ever been a verdict on this before? If you are facing a battle, I dare you and I challenge you to look for the biblical precedent. Look for the testimony, the precedent, and say, okay, Lord, the verdict is done. You are a healer. You are a provider. You do wonderful things beyond all I could ask or think. You are a mighty God. Now, I need to conclude with this, and we're going to spend some time in prayer, because we're going to start naming some things, and you're going to stand up, and we're going to pray over those things. All right, we don't just, we don't just want to rehearse all these wonderful things and then walk out skipping and happy. I mean, we want to walk out skipping and happy, but we want to respond, right? Amen? Because Jesus, I just listed tons of things, and I could go on and on, but he says this in John 14, 12. This is to you and to me. He says this, Very truly I tell you, Whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Let me rephrase that in a way you can understand. We just listed a, a bunch of things Jesus did. Mighty, mighty works. And then he says to us, if you believe in me, you'll do what I've been doing. In fact, nay, you will do greater things than these. Because I'm going to the Father. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you. How, how on earth can we accomplish these things? Like, oh my goodness, there's there's far too wonderful for little old me. How do we do that? Acts 1:8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. His power his dunamis mighty power dwells in you you need to understand this the very same spirit that dwelled in christ jesus as he walked here on earth and performed all these things is available to you how can i do it you can't the holy spirit can't 
Well, how do I receive the Holy Spirit? Just ask. The Bible says that you being, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your kids. How much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? I want you to understand one thing, and please don't hear this as a heresy. Jesus on earth, 33 years, was 100% man and 100% God. Now, he chose to limit himself to what men can do. And he accomplished all of these things by the Spirit of God. Let me explain what that means. That means I can participate and do what Jesus did. Because I'm 100% man. But I have the promise of the Holy Spirit. Folks, we need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. This is the only way to accomplish anything. Right? We sing this song, This is how I fight my battles. You may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded. This is, here's the trick. They're not your battles to begin with. If I look, let's just take the miracle that I've been praying for. Maybe it's a miracle of provision. This is how I fight. No, I'm not to fight it. I am to be filled with the Holy Spirit and fight with him and contend with him. I cannot multiply loaves and fishes, but the Holy Spirit filled in me can Therefore, it's not my battle, it's my cooperation. That's how I fight my battles. I am filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And when I start to understand that, when I start to understand this is God's duties, not mine. He's looking for cooperation. And I start to give him the battle, and I start to, oh my goodness, the heavens are your throne and the earth is just your footstool. It all belongs to you. And I'm in you and you're in me. I'm in a position of authority now. The earth, these problems, they're just a footstool. Psalm 95, 3 through 5. For the Lord is the great God, the king above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Folks, it's all his. And you are invited into sonship. You are invited to be filled with his spirit, to have dominion and authority over all the things on the footstool. And then somehow we rule with him for eternity. It's called a win-win. That's who our God is. And that's the beauty of this huge thing. So that's the beauty of Christmas. This was the gift. This is, this is it. Before that, we did not have the authority. Jesus came, took the authority, and invited us to walk with him in it. The battle belongs to the Lord. The battle is not yours, but it's God's. What a mighty God we serve. So what are your battles? It's a trick question. You don't have any. You don't own them. You will face them. And if you think you own these battles, you're going to be in for a long, depressing, hard fight. But if if the battle comes and you're like, oh, this isn't even my battle. The the earth is your foot. It's all yours, Father. What are we going to do? What are we going to do about this? 
then you will see the miracles over and over and over start to surround your life. Literal battles, battles against your sinful nature, battles against your health, battles against your emotions, battle against relations, finances, future. There's all his. These are his battles. He is a mighty God. He can do it. He can do it. Amen? Okay. Woo. We needed to take more time, but we are going to, I want to spend some time here letting the Lord break through. Okay? Here's what I'm going to do. First of all, I want you to just a show of hands. You've ever seen God, this can be, it, can be, it can be financial, physical, mental, emotional, uh, creative, uh, whatever it is. If you've ever seen God do a miracle, raise your hand. And look around. Keep them high, folks. Okay? All right. I feel like we're in a really good place. You, really, you believe that the Lord wants to continue to do these things. All right, so I'm going to list, I'm going to say something, and if you just want, want the body of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit to pray over you, you're going to stand where you're at, and those around you are going to lay hands on you, and we're going we're to pray and believe and see the Lord do a mighty miracle. He is a mighty God. Amen? Amen. All right, so... We're going to do, uh, we'll just go, go in order here. Number one, you, in fact, you or somebody else, right? We have several instances in Scripture where they're like, hey, my daughter, my son needs to be healed. And they went to Jesus on their behalf. All that person did was lay in bed, and Jesus healed them anyway because of the faith of somebody else. So if you or somebody else that you know need a physical healing, stand up. Great, awesome, wonderful. Now, remember, we just, I shared so many testimonies of this. And those are, those are seeds. They're prophetic seeds. This is who, who our mighty God is, all right? Those who are not standing, feel free to stand up and just lay your hands on somebody. I'm going to pray out loud. And we uh, are going to pray and believe that Jehovah Rapha will heal. So let's do this. Father God, we thank you in the name of Jesus for the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, we just know that this physical battle isn't ours to begin with. And, if, and, it's, and it's yours, Lord. You are the God who heals all of our diseases. Father, you, you mend bodies just like you always have done. And so, Father, we come before you in the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And would you fill each one here with that power, the quickening power of the Holy Spirit to raise that body to health and to renewal. Father, those who need creative miracles, Father, things that, uh, that we just don't, don't, don't even think to ask. Father, regrowth, the things like that. Father, we just declare your Holy Spirit, the power of God, filling them right now. And, and, and in the name of Jesus, we pray. We give this battle to you, and the victory is yours. It's all yours. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Okay, sit down. Okay. All right, next up, if you are in need, let's, let's, let's do kind of a three for one, all right? One, you, you're just in need of a financial miracle, right? You realize that one of the miracles I didn't even mention, the, the Peter came to him and he's like, hey, we, gotta, do we need to pay our taxes? And he's like, hey, go catch a fish. Seriously, so Peter catches a fish and in the mouth is, is the amount of money they need to pay the taxes. He's like, go ahead. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, all right? So God, God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. If you are in need of a financial miracle, 
You just are in need of a new stream of revenue. Maybe you are in need of a job that you've been looking for. Uh, maybe you've been praying and you've been looking for this, an upgrade in your current uh, financial position. We're going to stand up and pray. So go ahead, stand up now. I'll stand up. No. Okay. All right. Lay hands on those around. Father, thank you that you are the God uh, of, of provision. Father, you are called Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Father, that, that uh, we give it all to you. The financial battle's not even ours. It's yours, and you are our provider. Father, I pray for a favor for those who are in need of promotion or just asking for promotion, Lord. Your grace is sufficient for that. Father, we just receive that, Father. Those who are in need of, of a job, Father, miraculous open doors. We receive it. We see it. We thank you and we rejoice in it. Father, we, we, uh, we look and we will receive it from any, any stream that you want to send our way. If it's a way that isn't according to our wisdom, and, 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 Father, but we'll receive what you have because you are our provider. And we say thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay. Because of time's sake, we're going to do a blitzkrieg here. All right. I'm going to list some things off. And if you want to throw any out there, just raise your hand and we'll pray for those too. Um, restoration of relationship is a big one, all right? Maybe you're here and you, just, you, you still cannot forgive somebody. Or maybe you have an estranged relationship and you've forgiven them, but they haven't forgiven you and it's just turmoil. Maybe it's a long-lost relationship. Uh, son or daughter or, or a friend from years ago, uh, and, and, and the Lord is in the business. He, he loves to restore things. So uh, we, we're going we're gonna to pray and see miraculous restoration this morning. So if that's you and you want to stand in the gap and do that, stand up. Excellent. All right. Let's pray. Feel free. Lay hands. All right. Father, you are, you are the restorer of all things. Father, you are the author you are the perfecter of our faith. So, Father, I pray for those who need to forgive. Father, you would perfect their faith in such a way that they could say that they forgive and they could give it to you. Father, those that uh, haven't forgiven us, Father, I pray that they would, you would move in their hearts. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for, uh, for restoration of, of prodigal sons and daughters. We call them back in the name of Jesus. We know that nobody's gone too far or run too far. Your hands have, are not... You, they're at your footstool, so you can reach down anywhere. So, Father, we, we speak your Holy Spirit over those people, wherever they're at today. Father, those who are stuck in addiction and running from you, Father, heal them in the name of Jesus. Father, we just break the yoke of addiction. We break the yoke of slavery. We break the yoke of, uh, of unforgiveness. We break those yokes, Father. And we do so by the power of the Holy Spirit. Not in our own, but in the power of the name of Jesus Christ, the name that is above all names, for you're renowned, for you are the mighty God. And so in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay. I do need to be done, or we will, we will uh, slip into the other service. But you know what? We, we may pray for other things next service, so stick around. <laughs> Feel free. Like... There's a lot here. Feel free to stick around again. But I just want to pray a blessing over you because you realize that favor comes from the Lord as well. Yes. That when you walk yoked with Jesus, you find yourselves in favorable positions. Yeah. Open doors, blessings upon you. And, and it only comes through the power of Jesus. So stick with him. Yeah. So Father, would you bless these people? I include myself in that. Would you fill us with your Holy Spirit? Father, may we lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge you 
and walk in the direction of your paths for the glory of the name of Jesus, the mighty God who has not changed. For the glory of your kingdom, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you abundantly. And as you walk in his favor, I, I, I pray and I ask that if you, if you see any miracles from this morning, would you please email me, let me know. We want to be sure to share them. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or if you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit our website at wnla.church.